to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story continues to revolve around the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, the Seattle Autonomous Zone, CHAZ, which is kind of funny, who, whatever you want to call it. There's been, I think you predicted, Binkley, that there would be kind of infighting. I don't know if that's uh, if it's reached that level yet, but there have been some criticisms of the movement. The African American Community Advisory Council told, or a representative of that, told the Chaz protesters that they have hijacked the message. Now, when you looked at the headlines, it really looked like it was BLM saying that, Black Lives Matter saying that, but this AACAC is a liaison group between the police and the African-American community there. So they are kind of establishment people. They want the system to work. They're in place for the system to work. And I don't know how effective they are because I don't know anything about Seattle. But they they have kind of escalated this in that the protesters have now moved towards City Hall surrounding that and have demanded the resignation of the mayor. But what's kind of funny about that is that the black police chief, I mean, I think race matters in these things, and most of the protesters are white, which folds into a kind of CNN overview story that I want to tell you about after I get your reactions to this. But so the police chief said it was not her call. And then the mayor, who's a white chick, is there it was the implication is or she admits that it was her call and she's the one they're calling for the resignation of so i really feel like there's so many parallels with the evergreen state college story where it's or what you've always said about it's not really about achieving the goal or if you do achieve a goal they'll move the goal post but yeah what workable solution would they say okay we're good let's go home there's not one they don't give anybody concrete solutions they don't give them a concrete picture of the future they keep it vague they keep it changeable because they need the issue to exist so that the organizers and the people who benefit from this can continue to gain power financially and politically what i think ultimately this does fold into the system that these mobs are being used by the Democrats or legislators to get what they want. I think the GOP plays along with it. I think they all want bigger government. It's good guy, bad guy stuff, but they all get the bigger government thing. But I think the underlying philosophy that does activate the people who believe in the cause is not within the system. It is this revolutionary thing. The CNN article I read one of the elements of it was that it's not enough to be a non-racist. You have to be an anti-racist. And I I don't even mind that so much, except for it seems to me that the underlying philosophy, which you've pointed out before, is that it's a specific ideology of that capitalism is racist. And for me, entrepreneur, mom and pop entrepreneurship is the is the antidote to racism for sure especially with the internet it's completely anonymous there is absolute total anonymity but if a lot of people conflate the concepts of what can be called financial capitalism where everything is about turning it all into money that gets sucked up to the top through inflation or taxation or or that kind of thing or cronyism which is where it's not really capitalism it's just government connected rich it's this fascism thing so I think 
that the that there are a whole lot of ideas folded up into what this particular movement that focuses on getting rid of the police, getting rid of prison systems and all that is revolutionary and truly communist. And I don't like to throw that around, but it is really, I think, the essence of modern communism. There are a lot of true believers involved. The people who organize these things depend on having these true believers as their their combat army, their combat organization. Yes. So somebody, I think Commander Koenig said, tweeted at me, this isn't, what are you talking about? These are not anarchists. And of course, in my world, there can't be anarchists if you, if you have a collective ownership of property, that cannot be anarchists. But he said, this is just a CIA FBI operation. And I agree with that or whatever it is, whatever kind of orchestrated. There's probably all kind of groups infiltrated all kind, like every group probably has a bunch of different things infiltrated in them. But my my question is, is this chick Kaba, who's associated with, who's giving the credit in the Chicago Reader for everything we say about and the police and the prison system comes from her. Is she, she's a child, uh, she's from New York and her parents were African immigrants. I actually saw at the bottom of the article or New York Times article maybe where it said there's a correction. We quoted her as saying my ancestors were slaves and they said she actually said our ancestors were slaves because she's an immigrant from Africa. So she came here, she or she is the parent, the child of people who came here voluntarily and she's here to f- fight this with a revolutionary movement. And and I would wonder about her. Like, I would wonder about her backstory. Is she a Gloria Steinem? Is she, is she, is she an operative or is she just uh, a collaborator with her own goals or an Im- implicit collaborator? But, you know, I don't, I don't think it really matters except for where this is really going to go. Is it, if it's, is it going to stay within the system and incrementally get to the synthesis, the compromise that's UBI, or is it really meant to to reset the way so much is really resetting? But I have to say, as I think out loud, all of this simply must plug in to the international technocracy. It must be part of the global technocracy. It would not be allowed or fo- fostered in this way if it weren't meant to do that. So that's to your point of where it leads to for policing, for example. And it w- it's there's people protesting the same stuff all around the world, which is very strange and very coordinated. That lends credence to your point that it's got to be international. So the British are cracking down on the BLM protests, and now they are drawing fire for police brutality. I mean, it's really getting incestuous because the police brutality is in response to a march against police brutality, but the police brutality wasn't there first. So so this is interesting, though, as we think this through, that Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, just passed the biggest, most comprehensive or radical police reform, including real restrictions on the use of force and fatal force. And my thinking was, and San Francisco is doing something similar, where unless it's an absolute crime, they're sending social workers. Now, I wonder if their social workers are going to be armed to deal with domestic disputes and stuff. I don't know. But with the Cuomo thing, we touched on this yesterday. If they're really limiting the ability for cops to use non-lethal force, because that's what that's what the use of force restraints are. It's on non-lethal force. So it's on how they hold and, and the tasers and everything. That's going to probably reduce the number of arrests because people will get away. 
but it will probably also increase the number of kind of per incident fatalities because if they don't have those intermediate options, that's going to they're just going to have that nuclear option. Now, as things get crazier and crazier, then they might bring in the RoboCop thing, the technocracy. And once you have it as digital surveillance, once you digitize all of this policing, all that is, is information. That's what that is. That's what it's for. They don't care if they put you in a cauldron and have you fight it out to yourselves. That's not what they're, what they want the techno policing for they want it for the surveillance they want it for the information of course they want it for the social control not to control crime but yeah so as we think it through i think it's pretty clear it's all going to plug into the top like that i have a couple stories related to that but i want to comment on something i want to find out more about that woman also that's being credited with the take down the police defund the police stuff because Antifa preaches that on their website. They've been preaching that on their website for years. You can go to it. It's called the torchnetwork.org. That used to be their overarching national website. That is their main website, and they link all of their local websites and on that website, the one, so they're where you get the approval from. So they are organized. They have a bunch of resources, a bunch of materials, a bunch of stuff about the police. And another one's it's going down.org. They, their mission is a war against the police. It has been for a while. So I'm, it's interesting they give credit to this woman instead of Antifa, who they obviously want to pretend doesn't exist. Do they, does Antifa have an, a bigger picture philosophy goal thing, or are they purely an agent? professed agent of disruption it seems like they want to destroy the police because they're all fascists or all white nationalists and implement some sort of communism does it say what they want to implement it deta- i mean there's a lot they, they have a there lot is? of materials they have a okay. mission they have a mission statement Got they it. have their six principles it's all on their website i can't remember it all from memory right now Right. I just don't know anything about them. And with this, there is there is a coherent philosophy. It's definitely comes from this idea of what they they think of as anarchism, but is really communism. And it's about it goes to this idea that antisocial behaviors are a function of of lack of emotional and material resources that there is no concept of behavior or responsibility and that really is the the kind of liberal thing psychology and sociology are the answer not personal responsibility individual liberty and personal responsibility which is what my ideology and that's what comes down to i think is capitalism is you have the ability to get ahead but it's based on your individual personal responsibility through entrepreneurship and other avenues. So even if you start in a place where you have a lot of obstacles, you can overcome those obstacles based on what you can do with what you have. However, when it comes to communism, the opposite of that, it's instead of enabling people, empowering them, it's let's take away the power and prevent people from doing things. Totally disempowering in the message. Because the message is nothing is your fault. Yes, exactly. Which is a comforting thing for people who do start with the most uh, uh, seemingly insurmountable obstacles. That's true. However, when you tell somebody that it's not their fault, which in many cases it isn't when these people get just have abusive childhood and stuff, but you must emphasize that it is within their power because people 
do make choices and pretty much everybody likes the path of least resistance to get to their goals. And, and I've, the reason I'm a libertarian and is that I believe that the individual, why I like Aristotle over Plato, the individual is the source of action. Therefore, that is the source of the power. Like it or not, that's just the truth of it. And then they are just trying to harness the power of these individuals by getting them to act collectively, but it disempowers them as individuals. Absolutely. But that's why I just wonder, because this is a very coherent philosophy that's consistent with this kind of liberal psychobabble from way back. A couple of stories that relate to mass surveillance. In Boston, police have arrested a 15-year-old after the FBI released photos of the teens posing in front of a cop car that was on fire. This is during the riots. This is May 31st, and the cops pulled up. They went inside. Their car was on fire, and these idiots took photos of themselves standing in front of it. This is what we've been talking about. People are filming themselves, photoing themselves, committing crimes, and it's going to come back and bite them in the ass. That is really rich. I mean, it is. It's Darwinian. Yeah, there's another one in Atlanta, too, with these guys. They beat up somebody who was trying to protect his, I think it was like a, a cell phone store or something like that. This is an underground. And there are all these camera shots from just up. In, if you drive around Atlanta, you see like eight cameras at every stoplight. So there's no escaping being put on camera right now out in public. I remember anyway. when those went up and very quickly. So they were called red light cameras and they supposedly stopped red lights. They immediately within 30 days, I think it took 30 days for it to take immediately stopped all red light running because you would get a ticket in the mail. It was yeah. perfect. There was no possibility of your escaping that. And so then there was such a tr tremendous lack loss of revenue because they couldn't write tickets anymore they, they yeah they need to the take tickets. fucking cameras down is that the sickest most perverse thing like we pay them so they have a job or do we pay them to keep the intersection safe if those cameras keep the intersection safe that's robocopping that i can get behind if you're gonna have cops and government owns roads and everything it's much better let's have a perfect system that completely eliminates the problem with no incremental costs they but need I, the problem I, I want to well and of course there are more cameras than ever now and, I, the, and they don't, they don't send you, see, it's that behaviorism thing. I don't know if you know this, but if you correct somebody only sporadically, it reinforces the negative behavior because they think this is the time I'm going to get away with it. But if you're, this is how you raise kids. If you're absolutely consistent on, on your penalties, then they just know they can't get away with it. So what they probably do, and I've noticed this with red light cameras generally or traffic cameras, they don't actually send you a ticket every single time because they yeah. really don't want to stop the problem. And I think they don't want you to know how totally surveilled you are all the time. That's a good point. I, I remember when those went up as well. And I didn't get a ticket this time. I was sure I was going to. I was hoping I would actually because I just left my girlfriend's place and my contacts were, they were torn. I didn't have my glasses, but her mom had an old pair of glasses that she didn't <laughs> need anymore. And her mom is older. And she showed me these glasses and they must have been like the size of my entire face, these giant brown frames, but they fit my prescription perfectly. Perfect. I could see crystal clear with these 1920 looking glasses on like an old lady and I had my hat on backwards and I just looked really strange when I drove through this red light and I saw the flash of the camera I was oh, like oh I can't wait to get that photo in the mail I never and you got never it. got it? Yeah, I never got it.
Well, that's to reinforce your behavior. <laughs> I wanted to make one point about that CNN article. That's a kind of what to watch out for, which is he, the author says like he's finally so happy that this is the moment. This time is different was the mantra over and over and over again. But he feels that this time really is different because he says the white folks are getting involved now. So he said a couple of important things. One was every movement needs a villain. And now we finally really have one. There was Bull Connor in the civil rights era, who I don't know. He was a racist lawman, I guess. The Me Too movement had Harvey Weinstein. And now we have Donald Trump. Whether he knows it or not, he's galvanizing the other side. He said, finally, we have the villain. Yes, something like that. I did not read a quote. But then... In kind of the same paragraph, he says, John Lewis, the civil rights icon, said, our vote is our most powerful weapon. So this guy says, now that we've got everybody on board and the vote is our most powerful weapon, come November, we will vote Trump out and we'll be exonerated. Things will change like things are going to change from a vote. That's just silliness. But but he said, but if, you know, God help us, if he if he gets reelected. So then I'm like, OK. They're setting this up as this is your chance. This is your last chance. This is your last chance. And then if they do a really good job setting that keg up to blow and it blows. And if Stacey Abrams is up to being the charismatic, forceful leader of the opposition that I think she's been trained to be, I'm not totally confident she can be that. She's better live. And this is probably going to be a live thing that, whatever but anyway so i just i feel like that's all this is coming to now maybe they're throwing us off the track maybe we're focusing on a really volatile election period because they got something else coming certainly they have the covid thing coming which i also have a thought on but i want to hear your thoughts on that yeah the covid thing is coming back and yeah your point about this is your last chance to save the country, to save your family, to save our values. You better vote right now. You better register. You better go listen to LeBron James tell you who you're supposed to vote for, who you're not supposed to vote for. Otherwise, it's going to be total tyranny and you're going to be oppressed. Or as Joe Biden said it, put you back in chains, which he said when he was campaigning for Obama. I mean, that's what he said. And people forget that. And we're going to go do a quick word from our sponsor and we will continue this conversation right after that. Hey, what's up, guys? With the world as crazy and unpredictable as it currently is, the time to start living a truly sustainable lifestyle, a lifestyle of rugged independence, is right now. And Neighbors Feed and Seed has everything you need to help you do just that. Small engine repair, garden supplies, vegetable plants, bird feed, chicken feed, premium pet food. Neighbors has it all. And right now, they want to give Propaganda Report listeners an opportunity to try one of their new products, Southern Nights CBD Oil, at a 20% discount. So go to NeighborsFeedandSeed.com or visit the store in person if you live in the Smyrna area and use the promo code PROPREPORT. That's one word, all caps, P-R-O-P-R-E-P-O-R-T, and you'll get 20% off of your CBD oil purchase. Look, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Neighbors Feed and Seed is a fantastic business ran by friendly, knowledgeable, liberty-minded people who bend over backwards to help their customers in any way that they can. Check it out. I promise you, you're going to love it. I wanted to mention that our sponsor, our good friends at Neighbors, are going to host a small meetup for us in Atlanta around the 4th of July, which I'm very grateful for. I have... I understand that there's limited space. I think it's only going to be 50 people. It's 
dirt, sneakers, and BYOB. It's nothing fancy, but I'm very grateful for that. We're going to send out an invitation because it's such a limited number. It's these are weird times. This is where this is what it's got to be. We're going to start sending out invitations to by tier. So if you're a patron saint, we'll send out an invitation on Monday, friend of the show on Tuesday. If you're absolutely hell bent to get to go and you've been considering being a patron saint, this is probably be a good time for that. We also have our VIP disappearing patron party on Friday, but I'm sure 50 people end up going. We're just going to go down the tiers one by one. Nobody's making any money. It's not going to cost anything, but we just have to control the numbers and then maybe we'll work on something a little bigger. So look out for that next week if you are a patron of the show. And speaking of patron saints, we have such a great group of patron saints. I want to give a shout out today to Justin who wants to use his shout out to send a message from a fellow ANCAP. He says, if anyone listening is interested in how we could live in a stateless society, check out the Tom Woods podcast. He has well thought out solutions on every subject from who will build the roads to how we can protect ourselves from invading countries taking over and literally anything in between. And I'll tell you what, Justin, I'm actually going to start listening to Tom Woods because I got a little... Like, uh, I know the libertarian stuff, but you need a refresher and you need to know the principles to apply to these crazy times. So I'm taking that shout out to heart. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, and get you guys together sometime. Maybe have like a little libertarian off and see who. I, I think that I would like to insulate Tom Woods from what might be a toxic atmosphere of deplatformability in these <laughs> tough times. And people are like, oh, you should go on Tom. I'm like, you know what? Do you like Tom Woods? It would be great if 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 I can. I always try to behave, but you never know. I want to make a quick comment about what we talked about yesterday with Act Blue. I was talking about how Le- the LeBron James Foundation, the Voting Foundation, is not giving black people a choice about who to vote for. The way that it's framed is we're going to tell you what this Democrat does, why you should vote for him, and why the opposition is going to try and stop you. So there's no both sides. And Act Blue, we were talking about how Black Lives Matter uses Act Blue to get donations. And the donations, what we talked about, could go to people that they might not be aware that it's going to. Now, there was an article from Media Matters going around that was, quote, debunking this. But when you open the debunking, it talks about people who were calling them a fraud, saying that they were committing fraud in their organization stuff. That's not what I was saying. I'm going to go back over the weekend and go through my Act Blue research from 2016, and I will correct anything that I was wrong about I, next week. It didn't week. sound like you said anything. I, I might, that wasn't self-evident. Look, either. Media Matters is a complete disinformation propaganda machine, <laughs> but that does not mean that they do not put stuff out accurately. So of I do course. want to go back and see if what I was saying was correct or incorrect, and I will, I will come back with more information on that on Monday. So thank you, whoever tweeted that out. Yes, that was that was... Thoughtful. I like it when people tell us to follow up on stuff. It's great. We yeah, get so me too. much kind of crowdsourcing of uh-huh. yeah, I do stuff too. that way. Trump is holding his first rally on June 19th, also known as Juneteenth. I've told you about this. Juneteenth, before. you told me about I was that yesterday. When that is his Atlanta. first, yeah, you did. First post coronavirus rally on that day in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, the 
location of the race riots back in 1921, it was. And some of this was kind of depicted in the HBO show Watchmen recently. But one of the worst race riots in history where a bunch of white people attacked the mobs of of white residents attacked black black residents and black business owners it was a, a tragic tragic thing and he's holding that first rally there so that's drawing up a lot of people on the left saying this is the most racist demoralizing horrible thing he could do especially since they can't come out because of the coronavirus shutdown i'm like wait a minute what they, that doesn't make that doesn't make any sense they, they were saying that Trump's holding a rally, and Trump is going to be responsible for spread of COVID, and the people who need to be out the most, the African Americans in Tulsa, aren't going to be able to come out because of the coronavirus shutdown. I'm like, this is, this just defies logic. There's, do they not have any protests? There's, in Tulsa yeah, right all they got to do is go protest, they, they, and they will. They will go protest Trump's rally, and this is set up to be a powder keg, regardless of what you think the intentions are. There's going to be protesters on both sides. This is a dream come true for the organizers on the right and the left. They'll get tons of fundraising money. There'll be tons of activists incidents. They'll raise bunches of money on their little GoFundMe schemes they do. So I've been thinking about how they tried to get libertarians to look like neo-Nazis and go out there and protest lockdown and then be responsible for phase two. And this may be a part of that. I don't doubt that there's some dialectical element to it. But I also feel like by having these protests racial, they can have phase two come. I think I've said this, but I'm really I know I've said it, but I'm really more and more convinced I'm even picking the city that I think it will be in Chicago. But it looks like Seattle might be now. But the inner city hospitals are like these nursing homes in that they're notorious for bad care. They're notorious for over for just not paying attention to how the ventilators are in. There's been propaganda about that. There's definitely been a racial demographic element to contagion and fatality. And I feel like phase two is going to have a is going to have a racial element to it. I think they're really injecting that in right now. They were laying the foundation of that as the coronavirus was going on, but they really wanted to hit us hard with the coronavirus message before they started throwing in the racial layering in the racial stuff on top of it. And I pointed out since minute one, I mean, literally the first day that this everything about this thing, about the government response to this thing was highly regressive, highly regressive. The poorer you are, then they started paying people off. But the whole thing has been really designed to hurt poor people. Now, that's not necessarily a racial division, but there is a correlation. And it's brainwashing and creating cult-like behavior by just destroying people's ability to logic because they're kept in a constant state of emotional agitation when it's made about this racial division. I mean, if we really step back and think about it, if we're an outsider coming in from another planet and we can understand what's going on and we see these mass protests going on, hundreds, thousands of people cramming together, not social distancing, not wearing masks for the George uh, in, in protest of the George Floyd killing and priest brutality. Nobody cares about the social distancing. Yet we see the anti anti shutdown protesters. They're terrorists because they're spreading coronavirus. Now we see Trump's having a, a rally. You're spreading COVID. It defies all logic. It defies common sense. It's backwards and it hurts your brain to try and square with all the contradictions going on. 
Talk about illogical. They've set up porta potties for the occupiers. I don't know who's feeding them. <laughs> and I had this thought. Jeez. Somebody tweeted at me, I think Damsgard. Danny it tweeted at me that Trump was taking the wrong attitude. He says, if they don't stop this nonsense in Seattle, I'm going to, or if they don't straighten it out, I'm going to straighten it out for them. And did I tell you my idea of putting like signs on the outside? Please do not feed the protesters. No. I just think they should set up little signs like it's, you know, <laughs> don't feed the protesters just to kind of train people. I'm, my point is just that, that. It can't sustain itself unless it's nurtured from the outside. Absolutely. And that's what they're doing. Anyway, so talk about illogical. This group of probably white liberals from middle yeah, class to middle upper class, class homes yeah. who are up there doing this. It's got nothing to do. I think it was masterful and brilliant. I've always said you're not going to have massive unrest <clears throat> while people aren't hungry. You really have to, you just have, this is just too rich a society. I understand people have hunger and all that, but we have the resources and it's just not that situation. So, and I really think what they had to do is address the fact that people don't, aren't doing it, aren't getting, aren't going to get off the couch. They had this, what's going to make people get off the couch? Like if you chain them to their couches for 10 weeks straight, They'll become and a then couch. you just give them one option of where they can go and what they can do. I mean, I don't know if they thought about it in advance, like in that particular way. But to me, that is the one thing that got everybody to show up. Because think about that in your normal workaday life. Would you really? I mean, that's why it's almost always just on college campuses. Yeah. You know what they those are the people what they might get or they will get out of this is they will get one of the next potential candidates for not necessarily political candidates but activist leaders will emerge from this because whoever can win the battle of kind of organizing within the little territory they created it's like looking at okay we're going to put all these players out there and we're going to see which one actually has some skills that we can recruit and take up take up a level and we can train a little bit cultivate that's where AOC got her she cut her teeth at protest Stacey Abrams cut her teeth at these types of protests those are things this is a recruiting ground for the elites to pull some new people up to their faction and a resume builder. Yeah, and a resume builder. And then the funny thing is they just go into politics. <laughs> right. And that's what they're fighting against. Yeah, it's funny. They're just going into politics? Like, come on. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, can I tell people, speaking of politics, that I have this, I do this Facebook Live thing with Clint, my friend Clint, on Facebook Saturdays at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific. And he gives me the normal talking points that you hear on whatever Fox News. And I try to tell him the libertarian solutions. It's live so you can chat. And I would love to have a good libertarian showing to help me. I feel I look at it as an opportunity to kind of spread the word to people who the kind of Facebook crowd, which is not normally, I think, where we're still all hanging out. So if you want to do it, that would be great. And uh, otherwise, I put it on YouTube afterwards, my YouTube channel. Thank you for that. All right. And in the patron 15, I can tell you the new top 10 for the Joe Biden VP race, the most boring race anybody's ever (laughs) witnessed. And I'll give you Trump's four proposals for how to straighten this mess out. I will look forward to that. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every week to afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we drop every day that we publish a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. Have a good weekend. 
We will talk to you next week or in the patron 15. <laughs>